flesh bags and familiars, it's time to get our horror on. Welcome to your weekly dose of horror news and fun. This is episode 16 of Terrorvision Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Dan McGuinness, and joining me as always is my co-host, Jennifer, the Dream Warrior Strand. Together, we are two people who love horror and feel the burn of our obsolete blockbuster memberships. You can catch us weekly on all major podcasting services and on YouTube. But first, the question on everyone's lips is, how, Jennifer, how has your week been? I left the house. Oh, well, well done. I know. I went somewhere that was not my place of business. So pretty good. Uh, I got my tax done. That's uh, looking ooh, pretty good. Ooh, tell us more about your tax methods. Don't actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I went to the tax man and I paid him to make sure I got money back. All and right. then I went to the record shop and I bought a bunch of records and blew all, no, not all of it, but a, a sizable chunk of money at the record shop, as I always do. A wad? It was a pretty fat stack, yeah. I'm could not going to lie. If it was in $10 notes, could you have rolled it into a wad? Yes. Whoa. I probably could have murdered someone. Oh, wow. Yeah. I am. Um, them to death. I, uh, I never get a tax uh, check i get a tax bill every year i pay like seven thousand dollars in tax every year oh geez i usually do because i've got you know that good old hex debt but the last couple of years have been pretty good to me so is that like the money you have to pay that presenter from good game every year (laughs) yeah that's right yeah she that's why she lives in such a nice house and i don't (laughs) because she's the one who gets everyone's hex debts that's right. <laughs> oh, weird joke. No one's going to get. All right. Um, is that all? How was got? your week, Dan? Oh, my week. That, I, mine was yeah. pretty work orientated. I uh, my my shop, Greenlight Comics, is we did a bit of a power up at an upgrade where we knocked out a wall and then got some new shelving and created some new sections and moved some other sections around and stuff like that, uh, which is very mm-hmm. exciting to when you're a business owner to do stuff like that and just seeing your shop looking different and looking awesome. But I did. Um, putting the shelves together, I did hammer my finger, like legit hammer it. It's got like, it's swollen. It's got a red bit in the middle and purple all around it. I like, Do you- I kind of just hammered the edge of my finger, like the skin, oh, like no. onto a, a yep. surface, like real hard. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It, it hurts. And it's, I- like, it's my drawing <laughs> hand as well. And I do a lot of drawing. Oh, no. So it's just like. But it's, it's not broken. It's no, not no. Broken, it's it just, it's, just it's, little- it's broke. I think it's broken under the skin as in like it's bloody yeah. under the skin but that's about it but yeah. that's but it's pretty sweet because it's like horror based so yeah, horror like, based i would be surprised to hear that you didn't hurt yourself in any way shape or form that's true like, if, if you'd have said oh we did a huge remodel and i did not hurt myself i would probably be concerned yeah um, i although when i created when we created the shop i didn't really get hurt i glued myself to stuff but like <laughs> I didn't remember getting hurt. So, I, I broke other things and smashed stuff, but I didn't really hurt myself, apart from, like, right. mentally. <laughs> <laughs> so you're trying to be Tim the Tall Man Taylor. Basically. Oh, I am that. I'm actually in the midst of making signs for, like, all new uh, section genre signs. Um, Ooh, I'm doing that this, this week. I'm getting the old drop saw from my parents, oh. borrowing the parents' oh. drop saw. Right. Is there oh. someone that can do that for you? No, I'm heaps good at drop saws. Yeah. I just yeah. might not have this hurt finger by the end of the week. <laughs> you might not have a finger by the end of the week. Yeah, I just won't have the, yeah, at least, but I'll try and chop off the one that's hurt. Anyhow, yeah, 
Let- I did I did see it, so it looks pretty good. Oh, you have seen it? I did. I, well, I saw the, the video that you posted on Facebook, but then I ducked my head in on my way out of work today just to see what it looks like. It looks pretty good. Yeah, that was, I, was, I was really into that. So we did a stop motion. Is that what it's called? Time lapse. Yeah, time lapse. A time lapse of us making the shot. But then, like, it stopped before the end because Ross rang my phone. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, it sto- and I didn't realize it stopped it because it just kind of went, you know, I didn't, re- I didn't answer. Yeah. But, yeah, it just, it just stopped hard. And it was really disappointing because I really wanted to see that last bit done in fastness. But Aww. as of well, now, it, looks- it stands, it looks like it only took me 38 seconds to do the whole. <laughs> the Instead whole ch- of all freaking day. Yeah. Anyhow, let's move fun. on anyway. to our homework section. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. <laughs> so every week, Jen and I set ourselves three horror movies to watch and then review them together the following week. Now, we have added in a new um rating system because we were sick of just giving it stars or whatevers and stuff like that. So we created our own rating system now, um, which follows. I'm going to read this out once, maybe just once every episode. So the best of uh, a movie, and I'm going to start from the bottom. So you can get an S rating, which is shit. <laughs> you, you can get a W, which is whatever, boring, uh. You can get a D, which stands for the Dan Special, so, you know, a film that only I would love. You can get a J, which stands, stands for the Jen Special, which is a movie that Jen would love. Or only Jen would love. <laughs> it's true. You can get a G, uh, which is good for its time, but it hasn't really held up. And you can get a C, which is a classic that's worth a watch even now. You can get an F, which is fun and dumb. And uh, very close to that, you can get a B, which is a beer and chicken wings group movie. And the best oh, yeah. rating you get is an A, which is awesome and everyone should watch. So we will say those at the end of our... Um, uh, our, you know, we'll give our own ones, me and Jen, for each film, and we'll take it from there. It's just something we're trying out. I hope that's yeah. cool. I hope everyone agrees. If not, tell us on our Facebook or whatever. Um, but first, so the first film we watched this week was Evil Dead 2, 1978, directed by Sam Raimi. 1987. 19, what did I say? 78? <laughs> 78. Oh, man, that was, uh, that's a full dyslexia moment. Just read them around the wrong way. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine. It's been a long week. Uh, you're, you're pretty hammered. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that it has taken us this long to watch an Evil Dead film. No, we watched the remake, Evil Dead. Well, you watched that, but, like, it, like Evil Dead is your shtick. Like, every, everyone loves Evil Dead, and you love it specifically. So I'm really surprised that it's taken us this long to sort of watch either the first or the second one. Yeah. So. Well, I was kind of avo- I was kind of avoiding the super classics for a while because I was like, well, mm-hmm. you know, like I was watching a whole bunch of weird stuff. But then I was like, you know what? I just want to really enjoy a film because I chose these. Um, so each yes. week, yeah, we, we take turns in choosing. So, Jen, have you chosen your three movies? Don't announce them yet, but have you chosen them? I have. Excellent, excellent. We'll get onto that later after this, after our three reviews. But, yeah, uh, so, anyhow, Sam Raimi. Yes, uh, Sam Raimi. So we know him from stuff like Spider-Man, whatever, two, 2000, whatever it was, uh, <laughs> uh, Drag Me to Hell, yeah. uh, the Evil Dead films. What else has he done? Uh, he did one, like, is it Crime Wave or Crime something? Yeah, something like Yeah. 
Which was obviously, he, which was obviously a, you know, a fun and dumb. Yeah. <laughs> an, F, an F and D. Mm. But yeah. But now, what's a, let's get into this one. So you right. read up for us. Oh, I forgot to open my. Whew. This mm. is the sequel to The Ultimate Experience in Grueling Terror. Ash Williams and his girlfriend Linda find a log cabin in the woods with a voice recording from an archaeologist who has recorded himself reciting ancient chants from the Book of the Dead. <laughs> as, they play the <laughs> as they play the recording, an evil power is unleashed, taking over Linda's body. Linda. Um, Linda. I've got that little you know, uh, action figure chopped off head of Linda, remember? <laughs> I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've got the picture. I was going to post it as well. So we had some fun with that one day after some beers. That was good. That was good, mm. good, good. It was a little toy. It was an accessory from an Evil Dead toy that I think was just in my pocket or something like that at the time, which is always great. So mm. Evil Dead 2. It's, yeah. to me, a gargantuan in my like horror movie history. Everything about this film is like my past. And just recently I watched that Swallowed Souls um uh, documentary, which was the, uh, the making of it, um, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of what spurred me on to choose it for this week's uh, one of our films that we watch. So, mm. getting into it, let's get into it straight away. Oh, I've clicked something weird. Um, so first up, <laughs> the opening. It's got this yes. awesome stop motion animation opening that is amazing. It's it, so it's, yeah. it's it's basically explaining, um, kind of explaining the first film. But yes. not, not really. No, yes. it's not really. It's just kind of just explaining what's going on in the world where it's got the, um, what's it called? The Necronomicon? Yes. The Necronomicon Ex Mortis? Ex Mortis, is that what it's called? I think, yes. The, yes. Yeah. And um, so I've got a lot of tidbits about this film because I've just watched the making and apparently the, uh, so when they, that stop motion book is actually them making it. They actually drew that in stop motion bit by bit. Like, you know, the dude, he had a stop motion book on a thing. He'd go in, draw a tiny bit of a page, take a photo, draw a tiny bit more. And they did like, you know, the first couple of pages of the book like that because the book gets faster as it turns. But like that is all real time art that you're seeing there. And it's so cool to think about. Like, um, And then they they use that actual one in the movie later as a prop, which you can see has like metal bits on it where it's like, you know, the the prop book, (laughs) like which I love, stuff like that. Jim, what did what did... What did you think? Straight up. I love this. Like this this film and it, it might be a really big call, but I kind of feel that the Evil Dead franchise is probably the best franchise to come out of the eighties. And yeah. just just I know I know there's a lot of great films that have come out of the eighties, but this one just has everything. Yeah. It's 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 funny, it's gory it's got a great story it, the overacting is fantastic gallons and buckets and buckets and gallons of blood which is exactly what you want in a film yeah with um, creepy enough vibes that if you're a young you know a, a tween watching yes. it with your friends it would still be scary as well like yeah. this, so it's not just pure comedy it's 100 like a gateway horror i think it's it's um, it's what you would grab from the video shop. Going, oh, this this VHS cover is really cool. Evil Dead, yes, but then it's not like crazy scary, and it's not going to leave you feeling unsettled. It's going to creep you out a little bit, but it's mostly it's just such a good time. It is. It it is an amazing film, and like you said, it's a film that you grabbed when you're at the video shop because of that cover 
That cover mm. is so good. I and mean, I'm talking about the cover that has like the skull with the human eyes in it. Yes. This black cover, skull with human eyes, which looks weird. And um, just Evil Dead 2 written there in that like classic like writing in the red writing. Um, that to me is one of the most like standout video covers ever. I remember as a kid, mm-hmm. like just seeing that and going, whoa. And I still own my original Evil Dead 2 poster that I got when I was a kid, which is like 19 oh. years old. No, wait up. How oh. long is, how long ago is like, it was in the, like, how long was the 90s? How long ago is that? 90, yeah. Oh, that's like 30 years old. Yeah. <laughs> whoa. Yeah. Around about 30 years. I've still got it. Like the original poster. It's That's a, glorious. It's, it's amazing. Um, so, yeah, this does – I hold this quite close to my heart, yeah. this film. So Near and dear. Near and dear. Near um, and dear. Well, yeah, I mean, I first remember watching this with uh, a couple of friends and at that point they were like, oh, have you seen this? I'm like, no, what is this? And we sat down and watched – this is the best fucking fun I've ever had. So I saw this one before I saw the first one. Really? So I don't know. It just, it just happened that way. But, yeah, so this one is probably my favourite out of the – the two, I'll, I'll exclude the Army of Darkness for a second. Um, this one is definitely my favourite. See, I go between the first one and the second one um, and then the third one. I go between them all, like just depending on how I feel. There are some yeah. things that uh, do annoy me about the second film, so I'm going to get them out of the way at first. Number one, Wait. you don't see any of the axe carnage. Like, That's true. They use an axe twice to kill, chop up a zombie or a deadite. You never mm-hmm. see it. You never see what happened to that, um, you know, body. You never see the, the the aftermath carnage, and you don't actually see the axe hitting the the body or anything like that, which they did in the first yeah. one, which was the first time I'd ever seen that in a film, like an actual axe hitting your body. Like you saw an arm and an axe going into an arm, chopping off a hand and stuff like that. They get mm. they steer away from that. And my other um, gripe about this film is that. Uh, the boyfriend guy the, who uh, who I've used for the, the, the thumbnail of this, one of the deadites, yeah. he has bright green blood and I just don't like it. I'm like... It's, it's strange. The yeah. blood goes from being green to black to red to black to green to... Yeah. Is there blue at some point? I think yep. there was some blue in there. There's blue when he, cho- he chainsaws the monster's eye. It's all full of blue, mm. which is fine. That's fine because eyes can be full of yeah. anything. But, yeah, yep. just the green didn't really float with me, considering, like, Linda had red blood in her and all the rest have got red blood, this one. And I feel like it – because it, it, it can't have been a ratings thing because they, they halfway – they knew they were never going to get a rating and that's why they yep. created Rosebud. Like they, <laughs> so it's got a fake – it's got a fake movie um, company at the start so they could get a rating yep. or something like that, yep. uh, however it works in America. So it's not about that. It it must have been a, a, a choice by Raimi at the time, and I just don't like it. And that that, that is a, a very small gripe there too. But I, I do wish every time I see those act scenes that there was a little bit more violence in them. Like I just saw mm-hmm. a bit more, you know what I mean? Like you see Linda's head getting chopped off. You see so much other good stuff. I just felt if I had those like gore moments a little bit more, I would have been like easily my favourite. But because of that, I flick between all three now for different reasons. That's totally fair. Like I completely understand. Like it's... It's not as, like, I don't feel it is as gory. I feel that it's just, it's slightly calmed down. It's like a kid on a sugar high where they've yeah. just done a bun- bunch of running around and they're just starting to come down a little bit. Um, but I think it just, I don't know, like this, 
I don't even know how to des- describe how how much I enjoy. It's just too fun. The the, in, the insanity of all of this. It's, yeah. Um... Especially the the scene when he does go insane, like because it starts off with him and Linda. Oh, first up, it starts with him and Linda going back to the cabin, and they're like, so you, first up, you're like, why would they ever go back? And then you realize, or you you find out, or you I know because they talk about it in the making the stuff that it, it's they couldn't get the rights to evil to show anything from Evil Dead One. Because yes. it was a different movie company that made it, and they weren't allowed to show anything, so they just remade basically the first film in, like, in the first like twenty minutes of the film. So the film starts and it's so fast paced, like you know they get yeah. to the, they get to the cabin, and in a couple of minutes she's already turned into a zombie, a deadite. Yes, and she's already got like, yeah. heads heads are coming off, chainsaws and all stuff like that. It's and it's all in the first like twenty minutes, and I think yeah. that really helped it out. Like I think that was like a like you know, in the traditional nowadays, where you have that kind of opening to a film, where it's like a, a like a kind of like a, a dose of what's to come, it nearly forefronted that, um, maybe. Yeah, this, this was just like all speed ahead from straight away, and I absolutely love the use of stop motion in this film because, um, just like the way she when she like crawls out of the grave and she's doing this weird dance, dance? yeah. Yeah, and like with the head, and then sort of she disappears, and then at some stage she's like running with the chainsaw, which is also hilarious and very well done. That's my I favorite scene, of- nearly in the whole film, <laughs> like where she's running with the chainsaw. Well, yeah, first, well, first the scene starts with like uh, her decapitated head biting him, and he starts mm-hmm. smashing it on like into bookshelves and stuff. He runs out into the uh, the workshed and puts her head into the vice. Yes. <laughs> so you've got this ranting head in a vice yelling at him and then like he goes to, you know, and he says and that's that's the point where it really has its first line line where he's just like he like talks to the head, he goes, You're going down like a full ash line. <laughs> like other than that, it was just kind of cheesy, but he was like like, Ooh, you're going down head and then he goes to grab the chainsaw, it's not there, and then the decapitated like corpse comes in wielding the chainsaw <laughs> and like and it's just like, oh, my God, this is like 400 things that are happening every second of this film. Like, you know, it, and every bit of the film is one bit that would be the big moment in every other film. But there's this constant of them. This is at the very start before it's even started, before even the rest of the characters have even reached the cabin. And, yeah, yeah he, he hits I- the chainsaw back into its own bloody stump of its neck and it's cutting itself, <laughs> blood splatting everywhere. It's, it's like hip and shouldering him against the... <laughs> The chains, yeah, yeah, and I was like, This is the best. I'm like, This is very heavily influenced by the Three Stooges, like the bit where he's fighting with his own hand, yeah, and just like smashing it into stuff. And you know, it's it just absolutely insane. Like, at one point, he like comes belting out of the cabin door, jumps, and barely misses a bloody tube, a, a canister, or tub of something, almost goes ass over tear. Then he's just smashing it into the, the freaking tree. Oh, you mean when he, oh. when he, he trips over the bin? <laughs> like, the bin, thank he you. He treads I couldn't straight think of- onto it as well. Like, there's no way yeah. you wouldn't have fallen. <laughs> like, it's so good. No. Um, Even the moments where he's like, you know, it's just him. It's him in the kitchen. His hand is possessed. It's smashing things over him. It's dragging him across the floor. He's doing this by himself, and it's so interesting and so funny that you can't just I think if it was any other film, you'd be sitting there going, well, this isn't really that good. Yeah, it's like, weird. It's, I think it was just a fluke of him being in it as well. Like, he just yeah. bought it. You know what I mean? Like, he bought everything to that film. Like, just his, the sound of his bo- voice. He was fit. 
You know what I mean? Like he wasn't like, mm-hmm. you know, it was just like everything he did. And then there, the sounds. I wanted to get in the sounds of this film. Like this, this, the, so like the hand. The hand itself has this sound. You know, it's like. <laughs> it is like. <laughs> what, what, it's got a mind of its like, own. There's no reason. There's no way, it, number one, it can make a sound. <laughs> like, yeah. But I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, you know, it's got an attitude. It gives him the finger. It, it like oh, I love it. Uh, and straight away, you got axes, you got chainsaws, you got shotguns, like all that kind of stuff. But then the sound. So it starts with like him just fighting Linda, and he beats Linda, and then there's nothing left. He fight. He beats yeah. the hand or whatever we think he has, and then um he's just in the house, and then the house just starts yeah. fucking with him. Basically, like yeah. there's that laughing scene where everything starts laughing uh, at him, and like I love that scene. Yeah, like but, and it's just so great. Like the deer alone, like I really want that deer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> on my yeah, on and, my wall. And then he kind of goes mad for a second. Yes, um, because you know you got like and yeah, he starts laughing. Oh, but there's also the bit we forgot to mention, like which um. So the bit where it bridges the first film to the new film. So the end of Evil Dead 1, it ends with the evil from the point of view of the evil smashing through the house and hitting Ash and presumably he died. Yeah. And in this film they're like, well, Ash obviously can't have died so we have to like do something to, you know. So they, they at the point where they have that bit where the evil hits him, it goes into this other version of it where it's just he's flying through the forest and it looks awesome. Like yeah. Yeah, so, and so, then he becomes a dead eye, and he's again a lot of the best scenes are just him on his own reacting to himself, and then nothing around him. Yeah, it's like Ooh, yeah, like, oh, he's got a really animated face. I think that really yes. helped. But I, I really like that bit where he's flying through the forest, getting pulled by the evil. It's a really unique look, and um, in the in the making, they basically did that in real slow. They just drove super slow through. A, for- a real long track in a forest had people yeah. hitting him with like branches and <laughs> and sh- shot on a really slow frame frame rate. So when it's put yeah. into normal frame at speed, it seems like it's going super duper fast. And he was on like a an, a, a mechanism that can spin him completely around. So he's just slowly wow. moving around, like Sam Raimi's just turning him around, and just and it took a whole day just to get that shot. Like this one little wow. thing and stuff like that, and they did a whole bunch of one day ones, like when the uh, Bobby Joe gets dragged through with, by the trees and stuff like that. That's all like a day yeah. shot and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, okay, oh. I like that. I mean, I feel, I feel that Bobby Joe and her redneck boyfriend were not very well suited. You didn't like them? Uh, no, I, I mean they were pretty funny kind of character. Like she was just the the scene where they uh, first introduce her and she just stands there and she's just acting all tough. And starts spitting, <laughs> but doesn't really know how to chew tobacco and spit it. So it just came across really like, you're a dickhead. Yeah, that's true. Well, apparently <laughs> that was her first acting role. And she um, she actually uh, worked, still works to this day at, like, from that. Like, Fantastic. Uh, yeah, so what- I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing about like horror films. Most of these people have super long careers, not necessarily break out into the mainstream sort of filmmaking. They either generally stay in horror, um, remaking and making more and more horror films, or that's it. Like that's their one claim to fame, and they can fucking live off that. Yeah, yeah, you can a, just go into conventions. Like, you can, yeah, you can make a great living just being a, a, a horror. 
horror in within the horror world, I suppose, like the the, yeah. the genre. But yeah, and I am jealous. I mean, well, you can get into it. You still got your, yeah. you know, you're still working towards your, uh, what was it, your reenactment job? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I, I will get there eventually. Oh, I, um, there was actually something I forgot to mention that I watched this week. I'm going to quickly throw yes. in there while I remember. Ooh. I watched a doco um, yes. that came up on Tubi. Uh, mm-hmm. with, I can't remember its name now, um, but the documentary, it was one of those p- about cooked people. I love documentary about cooked people. So cooked people are, you know, people that have just gone hook, line and sinker. They believe Something you know, like oh, flat yeah. flat earthers or and stuff like that. <laughs> this was a bunch of cooked people that believed that you may have seen this one that Bigfoot is an alien, so Ooh. that can dematerialize, and that's why you, you can't see him. And so, <laughs> so, uh, and there's not just one or two people that believe this. There is a buttload of them. They have a convention and meetings every year. So Bigfoot is here, an original alien that uh-huh. dematerializes and can create portals. So he I, he can jump through portals, and I'm like, this is the best. It and it's such a good cook. So oh my god, I can't remember what it's called. Like I feel that I have seen either that documentary or something very similar. But it's funny that you say that because today I was listening to an episode of a podcast, and they were talking about a senator in America who was getting votes not because he was a white supremacist, but because he was super into the concept of Bigfoot oh. and like put a lot of money into Bigfoot. And wrote a bunch of Bigfoot erotica. Oh yeah, I love <laughs> I love fan based erotica stories. So I actually have a friend um, yes. who is a sexy fan writer. Like she does her living; she lives off of it. Um, oh my lord! And she tells me all about like the subgenre. So the the more subgenre it is, the more money you yeah. make because there is really? always the deeper the the weirdness of it, the more. Right. There is always a uh, you know a fan base for that, and the weirder mm. you are, there is less writing for it, so you always make the money. So sh- she was saying at the time that, that what was in at that moment was gay billionaire werewolves. <laughs> uh, so she was writing gay billionaire werewolf um, uh, erotic <laughs> fan fiction or, or fa- erotic fiction, and she was making you know sure. she's making a living off of this stuff. Um, and she says that the the better uh, her stories that are more well written never go as good. <laughs> like she has okay. to like write them <laughs> shitter. And yeah, for a while that was like the big the big thing. And then there was um you know, um it's always like you usually homoerotic stuff. So it's like you know yeah. um there was like Professor Snape with a squid stuff and like I don't know. Anyway, so she does that. That's incredible. I always like hearing her stories about like That's... what what genre weird genre is in at the moment with like housewives because it's all housewives that you know meet that read her yeah. stuff. But, yeah. I'm just like, how does one fall into that and make money? Like, fucking hell, what well, am I doing with my life? I well, could be writing she, erotic fiction. All she does is release them as web uh, web comic uh, web uh, store ebooks, and okay. that's how she makes her money. I think the first Jeez. one she ever did, she made like 10, 10 grand off of. Fuck off. Yeah, just popped it up and just kept selling because it was such a weird subgenre. And there was like, so you think there's like, have a billion people in the world. Like, if you're the only yeah. one doing that, there's going to be, and if you think about it, there's going to be a whole bunch of people that want it and they well, find that's it. True. Like, because they you search for it. You've got that market. Jesus. Oh, my Lord. But anyhow. I'm in the wrong business. We're all in the wrong business. We should be writing erotic fan fiction about Sasquatch. Well, yeah, there is a lot of Sasquatch. Um, she says that's been and gone. That, that, that the erotic Sasquatch. 
Oh, that's a shame. And abominable, the saw. abominable snowman was like really big for a while. She said, "Oh, homoerotic, abominable snowman." I like that the fact that the werewolves have to be billionaires, and it's always <laughs> a young, impressionable werewolf that they have, you know, with them. That you know, that's oh. about. Oh dear. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Anyhow, back to Evil Dead. <laughs> but we digress. <laughs> um. Oh, and if anyone is interested in reading her stuff, she goes under the uh, writing name of Jing Dono. So G I N J I N G D O N O. So you can look right. up her stuff. Um, yes. Little plug. But yeah, so yeah, back to <laughs> Evil Dead. Um, as I was saying, I really like the sound, sound effects in this movie. Um, that bit where, uh, with this film has a whole bunch of different um, lenses and frame rates that he uses. In mm-hmm. it, um, particularly he uses wide-angle lenses, real wide-angle lenses with a really low frame rate, and they're the bits that you know when, like, um, it does like a zoom into, like, a sound effect kind of. Like, it'll have a bit of the wall and it will zoom into the wall and go like, you know, shake, and it's all this sketchy kind of um, uh, look. That's all in-camera stuff he did back then, like, which is so yeah. genius. So he had all his... Not only shots planned out, but he, uh, Sam Raimi had all his frame rates and his lenses and everything planned out. So when you when you watch this film, knowing that a lot of all those camera effects are all in-camera effects, it's like mm-hmm. so much planning and so crazy and good. And I love all those like – like I've never seen anyone like do those like, – uh, camera angles that pinpoint into one tiny location and zoom into it. Do you remember the bit where, like, uh, her dad is break? It's like it sounds like someone's trying to force its way into our world, and it has all those yeah. weird camera shots of like just zooming into one little speck onto the wall and making like, and it's all shaking. And I'm like, oh wow, that's so good to be, do all that and pre-plan all that because that would be like an afterthought. Mm thought for most people these days you know what i mean they were let's do a, put a camera yeah. shake on there and do that where well, he planned this all ahead and i i, he I what he's doing yeah he's he is so good at his craft like so but good. even a lot of the sound effects so like where it's making all those like horrific noises like going through the forest and it's like that's all him it's just him doing and I think there was a few other things that he just had to do. Like I think there was a scene with the chainsaw and he really needed it to start smoking. So he used cigarette smoke and was just blowing it towards <laughs> like they, they they funneled it all into this thing and were just sort of blowing it towards the chainsaw to give it the effect of smoking. So Why not? you know, this this isn't something that you do in like post production. He's doing it then and there. Yeah. And it's he, the, he knows. It may be one of the ultimate practical effects films. In my opinion, I think so because I still, like I, I still, I still hold stop motion as a practical effect as well. Like, oh my lord, yes, yeah, because it was used so much in like I, I don't want to say the olden days, but it was used so much like Clash Ray Harryhausen, yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like that was so well done and well used, and still talked about now. But I think he he was he used stop motion in a time when it wasn't really used. Like it it had kind of been and gone by the time Evil Dead came out. Well, yeah, because there was, you know, practical effects and there were other ways of doing it. I think he made the right choice to use it because it helped the film stand out even more than it already did. Well, because in the Evil Dead 1, they've got the bit where when he wins and they all kind of melt and, like, fall apart and it's all that stop motion with the tongues lashing out around them and stuff. Mm. I still love that shot. Like, I always think about that all the time, like, the mixture of all those practical effects into one effect is beautiful, beautiful. Mm. Anyway. 
we could keep going, but we've been talking we about if we'd have a half an hour now. Yeah. <laughs> we got to move on. Um, I rate this film um, A for awesome and everyone should watch it. What do you rate, rate it, Jen? I rate it exactly the same. And even watching it last night, I hadn't seen it in a while. And I just, like, there's like three or four instances where I was just like, oh my God, I love this film. This film is perfect. And I'm getting the, can you shut up, please? Yeah. You're too excited. Yeah, no, I was um, doing exactly the same to my wife because um, it, it has like all the bits in it are the bits that you're wanting to have waiting to happen in other films. Like you're waiting for mm-hmm. moments as good as Evil Dead 2 to happen in those other fun like horror films. But Evil Dead 2 just keeps yeah. delivering it constantly. Even like the giant face at the end when the evil manifests itself in the flesh, that looks great. Yeah. And like the tree so arms good. come in, and he change changes its eye, and all the purple blue yeah. liquid comes out, and just like oh. yes, and More of course of that. he 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 really um he really uh coined that look of when you know when he makes like he makes the new the chainsaw attached to his hand, and how he yes. do, how he does that filmmaking of like just showing real quick crisp sounding shots that all merge together so well into this real quick montage of like awesomeness like yes yeah and that i mean edgar wright has taken that and he uses that in almost all of his films so, yeah yeah you know, it it is groovy yeah and you get the classic groovy line which like i uh, if you'd asked me i would have said that was only in army of darkness but like the cheese is in this one there's so much cheese yeah it's, it's like oh yeah it's a platter of cheese uh, yeah. Amazing. Anyhow, we've already yeah. rated it. It's awesome. If you haven't seen it, bloody watch it, you turkey. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's Do all. yourself a favor. I'm going to give that a Mario coin sound effect. Because <laughs> I've got the sound effect board here. <laughs> it's, it's there. It's ready to go. It's all Doing good. It. I, should create, Doing I should create sound effects for every rating, shouldn't I? You should. Yeah, so we can give it. Yep, I'm going to do that later this week. Anyhow, um, <laughs> so this is where we 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 just we create our ideas live on air. <laughs> like it's a, true. That's how most people do it. Kevin Smith did it, and then we got Tusk. That's a bad example, but oh, still. Yeah, that's a terrible example. Anyhow, let's move I on know. to our second film for the week, which is Under the Skin from 2013 by Jonathan Glazer. I love that name. Glazer. Sounds like Glazer. a G.I. Joe character. <laughs> he does. Yeah, he's making his way up the ranks. All right, so what do we got here? Read it up, Jen. Read it up. All right. There is no tagline for this, and that upsets me because I love a tagline. I know. This movie is. (laughs) Anyhow, what is it? It's above taglines. Okay. A seductive alien prowls the streets of Glasgow in search of prey, unsuspecting men who fall under her spell. That's it. That's it. So straight away, I think that is wrong. I've got a theory about this, and I've written it in here. So, but basically, first we have to get a little bit into this film of what it is before okay. I, before I bring out my, you know, my uh, yeah. my my theory. So straight away, um, it's got Scarlett Johansson. She's yes. the main character. She did this basically. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure, pretty close straight after Avengers. It's it's as if she went, you know, I've done the safe film. Now I'm going to do the art film. And my word, did she go for art film? This is she like, did. this is the most art film this is a very me film as well so um so this is like along the lines of stuff like uh, uh beyond the black rainbow the black. uh naked lunch kind of um not in the in the subject but the filmmaking feeling and style it's a super art yeah. film 
It uh, is, yeah. It's almost borderlining it, on not a horror, but I think it is a horror. It's like a sci-fi horror. Yeah, look, it, it's a very conceptually artistic film. Um, I I feel, because, like, I was watching it at some point, and there were many points where I was watching and I was sort of questioning. I'm like, I don't think this is a horror. And then something would happen and I would re-question that and think, yes, this is probably a horror. Horrific. <laughs> I mean, did it, it left me feeling weird and horrible. So um, I really, yeah. really enjoy the opening of this film with all those just uh, where, which eventually zooms out to be an eyeball, but it's got all those like patterns mm. and stuff like that. Uh, straight away sets the, sets the scene of the film. It's a very slow burn. The premise oh, of yes. the film is, as it says, is Scarlett Johansson. She is, this is my theory, she is not an alien. She is a thing created by an alien to bring them food. Yes, um, that she, is my understanding. In the image of a human, because it has her getting kidnapped or as a corpse at the start, and then she's looking at herself. So they've modelled her on a human mm-hmm. and sent her out in the world, and she brings in, because they've made her sexy, because she's Scarlett Johansson, she, yep. she has a, like a limited program of talk that she can do to people. Which is mm. like ask some base questions. So um, she asks them stuff like, you know, do you have a family? Do you have a girlfriend? Do you work around here? Do you live around here? And she's basically vetting them to how how much they will be missed. Yeah. Um, as in, you know, like because you don't want to like cause a ruckus that you you know you kidnapping people. So she vets people and like you know, no girlfriend, no job, or, or they're not going to be ni- missed for a while and stuff like that. But to me, at the end, I found her to be basically, you know, like an anglerfish, how they have that little thing that uh, things that thing. She is that. She is created Mm -hmm. to feed these aliens. And, of course, it starts to go a little bit wrong when she realises that that kind of thing. Like she starts to develop some emotions, kind of. It starts with her having sympathy on someone and lets one person go. And that's where it, it actually fucking it all go, it all goes to shit. So, but do you want to say? Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about like the interest of like how it was all live bait, like as in the people didn't know they were being filmed? <laughs> yes. So it was very interesting because you you told me this before we watched it. Um, so all of the men that were lured into the van. Um, by her character, were not actually actors. They, uh, Jonathan Glazer had hidden cameras uh, throughout the van and only informed them afterwards that they were in a movie, which... And then they decided whether they wanted to be in the movie and obviously, you know, let... Yeah. Because there would have been some lecherous shit said that, like, dudes are like, no, man, you're not allowed to use that. You know, that makes me look a fuckhead. But there still was some pretty lecherous, weird shit, eh? Like, dudes just like... I mean, the first guy, he's because knowing that while I was watching, so had I have not known it, I would have thought that this guy was an incredible actor. No, he's just a smug prick of a guy who <laughs> is sitting in the van, pretty much like, oh yeah, I'm about to fucking bone Scarlett Johansson, and just being a complete and utter dickhead. Yeah. So I had no sympathy for any of these gross men. I, there was a couple of guys that I thought like the... Oh, well, you weren't supposed them. to have sympathy for them. They were prey. No. Um, they were prey. And it, it made it very clear that She vetted I, them. Yeah. Um, did you enjoy when she did take them back and what happened to them? I thought that shit was awesome. 
That was amazing. Yeah. So, so it was very well filmed. It's basically her in this giant void-like um, room. It's completely black. But it's got she, a reflective floor, which is cool. Yes. And she's there in her underwear and there guys are just walking towards her. Um, with erections. And, and with erections, there is a lot of penis in this film. Um, there is also a lot of Scarlett Johansson nudity in this film. I, I was actually shocked at some of the scenes, eh? Of how nude she is in this film. If you want to see every part of Scarlett Johansson, you can in this film. You can. Mo- yes. A lot of times. So and it, I mean, I, I hate to say it as a male, but it's almost just worth watching it just for that. <laughs> Look, I'm going to say it as the lesbian. It's definitely worth watching just for that. It's crazy, isn't so it? We can both be disgusting and gross together in saying that. Because, yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, my God. Oh my God. Actually, there, there were a few points during the film where I'm like, oh, I, I don't think I can keep watching this. I need to turn it off and come back to it later. And then she would just be naked and I'm like. Well, or I'll I'm sit back, back down. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so, yes, yeah, so she's in this void room and they're walking towards her. And as they're walking, they just start sinking into, into this, the floor. this floor. And it's kind of like this liquid that just engulfs them. It kind of just um, keeps with- them down there alive. Yeah. But it must eat at them. And then how how good is that scene when you see the guy get completely eaten? Yes, it just poof. He's just gone. And, it, and then it, it's just, it's, he's a flesh bag. It's, it's like a, um yeah, the American Beauty bag floating around. Yeah. Um and just I'm flesh. pretty sure, I'm not 100% sure, but all this film is practical effects. I don't think there's much like it's like that was a real thing. Like that was a bag that like, I think the air was just pulled yeah. all out of it. And it's it's That's shocking. Amazing. It's shocking because, like, you're just like, yeah. oh, his skin's kind of gone all gross from being in the liquid for so long. And then he suddenly implodes. And I was, yes. like, I was like, oh. <laughs> like, um, yeah. There um, were. The, sorry. The the beach scene. Yes. I was about to bring that up. That, oh I think, is the mo- one of the most brutal scenes I've ever seen in a film. I it thought was, it was real, hey. I thought they had just stumbled across. Something. Something. So it's it's basically she stalks a surfer. Mm-hmm. And then within the background, there's a family. There's a husband, a wife, a dog, and a baby. And they're at the yeah. beach. And it's cold. Mm-hmm. Gla- it's set in Glasgow. We should have mentioned that. The whole thing is set mm-hmm. in Glasgow. Um, yeah. So it's, all, all the light in it is very blue. And because, uh, you know, it all looks like it's sun's, uh, you know, early morning because Glasgow is a very, you know, cold, rainy place. Um, and they're at this beach and the dog's swimming. And you can see the dog gets caught into a rip. Um, oh, I hated it. And the and the wife just runs out to f- try and get the dog, and she swims out, and she gets caught in the rip. And you're seeing yeah. this, and it looks and it looks real because you can see it that dog does. in that rip. Hey, you can see it, it not oh moving. And then yeah. you see the dog get taken under, and you're like, oh fuck! And you're watching yeah. it all from a distance, from like her view. So she's just watching; she doesn't care because she's yeah. no. she's not programmed she's, to care. She's on a mission. Yeah, and the surfer runs over, and then the husband runs in, and then um. To save the wife, but then he starts to get ripped. She gets taken. The surfer gets in, but he's a, he's a good swimmer. He can pull the husband out. The husband then yes. gets pulled out, runs straight back in there because he's yep. so delirious and panic. He runs straight back into the water, and then then Scarlett Johansson comes over and hits the the surfer over the back of the head with a rock, and she's like, "Cool, I got my prey." Yep. The thing that got me, uh-huh. is, and then the last shot is her dragging him off the beach, and the little baby is just sitting there, panicked. Like I know. On the beach by itself, looking around. And this baby generally was panicked. 
Like, because it didn't know yes. what was going on because it's a baby. It's a baby old enough to sit up, cry, look around and realise its parents isn't there. The thing that got me mm-hmm. is then like, so it goes back to the beach later on in the night and the baby is still sitting there panicked. Oh, and I, I kind of thought... I felt like, sick. Like, uh, <laughs> like, you... I don't like things that happen to animals and babies. And the the fact that the guy, so there's a, a motorcyclist that sort of goes around, obviously like cleaning up after her. So yeah, she's she the aliens. She's he, like he he's will, a handler or something that deals with the pra- yeah. the people that bring in the prey. You don't know, and I love that you don't know, but it's kind of obvious, but you don't know. Yeah. So it it was absolutely and utterly heartbreaking because I kind of thought that you know this this personality this these feelings are starting to come through. I thought that for a second she was had informed the handler and he was going to go do something about it. And he's walking back to the beach and there's stuff like strewn along the beach, and the baby's still sitting there. It is dark. The baby is crying and he just walks over and I'm like, oh thank God the baby, and it just picks up the towel and he turns around yeah. and walks away, <laughs> leaving the baby. Yeah, leaving and- like taking the evidence away that like she was there. That's all he went there for. Like <laughs> that exactly. And so that baby is just gonna it's, die. It's gonna die like- of exposure. Or get hit like waves. Well, they mention it. I, I think that yeah, because they mention it later on. You hear it on the radio that the whole family went missing. It like yeah. So the baby, the tide must have come in and has taken the baby, and it's just like it's fuck, <laughs> and that yeah. was truly powerful. I was like, and there was no violence. There was like it was shot from there kind of a distance. No, was, no soundtrack either. Yeah, there was nothing. It was it. very it was voy- just... voyeurism, like you're very voyeurish. Yeah. Like I was like. I showed that to it, my wife, and she was she was appalled. Why did you show that to your wife? <laughs> I know. No, Dan, stop. Um, Never. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. It was so distressing. So there you go. There's your horror aspect because I did feel horrible after that. Yeah, it was horrific. That scene. It was. Oh my god. But there was more horrific scenes as well, like the bit when she yeah. realizes of it, she doesn't actually have a vagina. <laughs> Well, I would be horrified too. Yeah, I know. That that was kind of a, like a little bit funny though because, yeah. you know. The- Just how it panned out, like how she moved and how quickly <laughs> she moved. Um, this movie really to me felt like a, a, a Jim Jarmusch film, like a, uh, his, his, yeah. his arty ones, like Limits of Control. Have you ever seen that? I that, haven't seen it's that. Just like an, in, it's just about like a dude in a suit walk, like going around, uh, it's shot in black and white. It's not his early film either. He did it like after, you know, some of his recent films. And mm. he's just walking around with a suitcase and he just sits, like goes on the bus and then someone will talk to him and you'll hear the person's conversation. He'll move on and it's just a, that. That's all it is. It doesn't make any yep. sense. It felt, it kind of had that, that kind of vibe to it, but it, did, it had more of a story here and you a story. And then it has that ending. Jesus Oh my god! It's uh, you go to a thousand percent at the ending. Like I was like, yeah. oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, yeah. oh shit! I- Credits. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna say yeah. it, it, it's a. Pa- I thought it was a pretty powerful ending. I thought it didn't need any more. I did like no, I- you did get to see the aliens at one stage. Do you remember? Like, yes, I thought yeah, they were when- really cool looking. Yeah, like I, I mean, I think they were CG. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Like the fact that this, she's, I don't know if at this point she had kind of like feelings or what was happening, but just her running through the forest. Well, she had, she had that panic of to not 
be raped. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like she was like starting to feel herself as a person um, yeah. until so she realised than... that she's really not a human. <laughs> no. She is just so she a... was unable to defend herself against this. Yeah, it's um... like I would have thought that she would have been able to defend and, you know, fuck that guy up. Well, I think it didn't no, matter. Like, like she, she ran. She had no defense systems because she never needed it because her whole job was just to flirt, bring dudes back to their base to get swallowed into the abyss. Mm, um, yeah. And, yeah, it just goes so... It, yeah. So, it goes so pear-shaped I mean, at the end. Yeah. I, like, I don't want to give away the ending. I feel that it should probably be something that you would witness on your own. Um, but, think- yeah, the, it is... I mean, it came out in 2013, so if you haven't seen it by now, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, I think it had a really small release here. Um, I, it had a theatrical yeah. release. I think I saw it the first time in the cinema and Claire made okay. me go watch it or something like yes. that. I can't remember. Um, which is my wife, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, so I gave this as a rating um, purely because, I mean, I love it. Yeah, I would give it an awesome, but I don't think everyone should watch it. No, I don't. But think I it do is think so. I gave it a D for a Dan special, which makes complete yep. sense. That uh, is fair. And what did you? I give it? I a... gave it a U. I gave it a U for unrated. You just couldn't I, do it. I don't know how I feel about this film. Like, don't get me wrong. A naked Scarlett Johansson, yes. Um, aliens, yes. Cinematography was absolutely beautiful. There were some really amazing scenes. I felt really strange watching it. 45 minutes in, I was kind of like, am I missing something? What is happening? Oh, I really like that guy. Oh, this is really nice. Holy fuck, that escalated. We forgot to mention the guy with the horrible disfigurement, which is a real, real dude. Yes, there was a real, what was it? He had neuro something. To me, Um, it looked like elephantitis or something like that, like, I don't yeah. know. And, yeah, they they just met him. He was one of the people that came along and got, you know, and he got uh, said yes to the film and they gave him a, a, a larger part and he is actually the guy that she feels, I don't know if she feels sorry for. I don't quite understand why she did it. Um, it, it I think she saw something of herself in him or something like yeah. that, like that or something. I mean, she lets him go. Yeah. She let him go. And, I mean, kudos to the guys. Like, I must say, like, as much as I thought some of these guys were uh, dickheads, um, you know, they all basically agreed to get their dicks out on on screen for everyone to see. Yeah, because obviously, uh, and it escalates as well. Every guy she brings back, you know, she has more undressing more she does to the point where the yes. last one she's completely naked, like walking backwards. Yes. Um, um, the, the, the gentleman has neurofibromatosis. Oh, I'm not even sure what that is, but yeah. Um, yes. So he, he does actually have this condition. It's not effects or anything like that. Um, I think he was actually injured on set. I can't remember. I was reading a little bit about it and I did sort of well, they finish make, watching They make him film. run through Glasgow in the wee hours of the morning completely naked. It would have been like. Minus two degrees or something like that. And that was one of his quotes is, it was really cold. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, it is a genetic disorder that causes tumours to form on nerve tissue. So, Uh, But he's actually had like a lot of other roles. So this has sort of helped 
um, helped him break out into the acting world. Um, they cast him using Changing Faces, a charity that supports people with facial dis- disfigurement. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I thought that was really cool. But he's been in some other stuff since. Um, I feel Odd Man Out. I feel something. like that his presence in the film gave it a really real unnerving vibe. Did you get that like that from it, or was this like, whoa, like I've cast like this dude, and I've never seen like, anything like this ever in my life? <laughs> like, no, well, I mean, it was sort of really interesting. Like that, I mean, it, it without sounding rude and horrible. It it was preying on the weak. Like he, you know, he, he, this guy living, he has a disfigurement. You know, he, she's talking to him and he has no friends. He's got, uh, there's no one around him. And even when the motorcyclist came to break into his house and like like clear it all out, you know, the neighbor was standing there watching and just did nothing. Yeah. So he, he is someone that would not be missed from society and I think that's probably why they chucked it in there. And I think that it's probably good because then it's not your just basic, you know, somewhat hunky, chab white man um, being taken. So, okay. you know. So I say everyone, if you're, if you're a fan of film, as in the craft of film, you should definitely watch this film. Definitely. But if you're a fan of, like, say, our first film, Evil Dead, it's probably not for you. <laughs> Do not watch it. Yeah, um, um, the film is definitely worth watching, though, if you're into film. Like, if yes. you love it and you want to see something that is a very different idea with a, with a, a really crisp, clean uh, film style and everything. And to me, like, chronically amazing, like, like, interesting. I was just like, from the get-go when it started, I was just like, yes, yes, more of that, more yeah. of that, please. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, this is now, oh, this is, oh, shit. Oh, dear. And then, oh, I feel bad. Oh, I feel worse. Oh, I feel, what do I feel? It's, oh, shit, it's over. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't really come away from, like, this film is not fun and you do not come away feeling any kind of sense of achievement or uh, <laughs> reconcile or anything like that. But it, it would be something that would be taught at a university level, I think. Yeah, it's like, Definitely. that's how I felt when I read Watchmen. <laughs> oh, that sure. was, oh, I don't really get that, but I'm sure everyone, someone else does. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to our, next, our third film. Okay. All right. So what do we got? We got The Ring from... Tr- the Ring. The Ring from 2002. This is the American remake by yes. um, Gore Verbinski. Verbinski. Yes. Gore. Verbin- <laughs> Gore. His Gore and he made a film, a horror film. It's really funny because Gore Verbinski, like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's, like, some fantastic, like, big-name director, and he's really not. He did the Pirates of the Caribbean films, and then he's done a bunch of music videos for, like, the Dead Kennedys or some punk bands. I'm like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. But in my mind, I'm thinking he's this better, like, big-name director. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's Um. So it stars Naomi Watts. It we'll, does. We'll, we'll take her. She's one of us. We will. She is. And so is Martin Henderson. Well, he's from New Zealand, but we'll take him anyway. Yeah, yeah. We, we always do that. Foot Rock yeah. Flats, Martin Henderson, <laughs> <laughs> Lord of the Rings. <laughs> They're all Australian. Yeah, They're not. All right. Fine. So do the synopsis. Yeah. All right. This does have a tagline, people. I love it. Before you die, you see. Good. It sounded like just another urban legend, a videotape filled with nightmarish images leading to a phone call foretelling the viewer's death in exactly seven days. 
As a newspaper reporter, Rachel Keller was naturally sceptical of the story until four teenagers all met with mysterious deaths exactly one week after watching just such a tape. Allowing her investigative curiosity get the better of her, Rachel tracks down the video and watches it. Now she just has seven days to unravel the mystery of the ring. Dun, dun, dun. They, they, they should also, it's her niece that is one of those four. It is like, her niece, yes. Yeah, <laughs> they that's, didn't really get why. into that. It's, it's not just like, oh, so fucking, yeah, no. There's there's a reason that brings her to, to the fold. I've noticed that um, you have a ring story. I have one as well. Really? Uh, is it? What, I love ring stories. Are you going to, um, do you want to say your ring story first? I can. So I went and saw this uh, when it came out at the cinemas. I saw it uh, with a group of friends and it was just so happened that for some reason there was an eclipse happening that same day or evening. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. And they were televising it on the TV. So when I got home from watching this film, the ring was on the TV. It's the ring. Because it was the moon. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or that, that, that ring sound that it makes, but yeah, uh, my story is um, a, a bit different. I was um, so I was in Japan uh, when I th- around about when the first the the original Ring film came out, and it was everywhere, and I didn't yeah. know what it was because like, I couldn't sure. read whatever the marketing was. I went on the Ring ride <laughs> at, a, oh, at a thing which involved you sitting in a cabin. Mm-hmm. Right, so you I, this is the first time I'd ever experienced one of these like f- extra sensory rides. So you go okay. into a room. It's yeah. like a, a cabin. You can look around. There's all this shit on the wall. There's all this stuff happening. You sit down and you're six people. You're in, uh, at a dinner table. There's a mm-hmm. set of he- headphones in front of you you put on. Mm-hmm. And then there is like, there must have been like all speakers around the top or around the out- outside as well. So you put it yeah. on. You're looking around this room and suddenly the room goes boom, dead black. You can't see anything. Wow. But you remember where you were, right? So you got this. And then, like, you can hear, like, a door open and then you feel wind blowing on your face and the door closes and, like, you can hear, like, a storm outside. And then a person walks around you. You can hear them walking around you in a 3D space because it can go into your earphones and Mm. around the room. And so they can come in really close to you and speak. Like, Mm. and and you can can hear hear them sharp. They're sharpening knives and walking around you. Oh. And then, like, they'll come right into your ear and suddenly your chair will get pulled out because everything is on, like, you know, like, mechanical in the room. And then there'll be, like, every now and then there'll be, like, there's, like, a window at the end, like a fake window that had, and then um, a a lightning flash would flash every now and then. And you just see everyone for a second in the room and everyone's Mm -hmm. kind of, like, shit scared, you know, like, (laughs) crouching down in their chair. And I couldn't understand what the person was saying. It was all in Japanese, which I think made it work. And it might have been really cheesy. And there was yeah. like a thing at the start that said, like, if you get too scared, take your headphones off and put your head on the table. <laughs> <laughs> and when it eventually came on, uh, it was amazing. And then, like, you know, at the end, like a TV turned on at the end of the table and the ring video played. And I didn't know who the fuck it was. <laughs> like, so I'm like, weird. And yeah, and some other Did you shit. Your pants? I just loved it. It was just a, such an experience. And yeah. I didn't know what was going on. But then the lights came on and there was like three of the six people had their head on the table. <laughs> like three girls couldn't handle it. It was so oh, good. Anyhow, uh, that was my scream story. I thought it was a funny one. There is so I much there is so much good trivia about this film. This film had the best marketing. Yes. Uh, so num- I see fun yeah. facts. 
Yeah, you want to do some fun facts? All right, I'll do uh, it. Yes, you can do it. All right. Go so basically, um, so this movie, The Ring, uh, if you haven't seen The Ring, we, we'll cook, it's, it's what it is. It's, you watch a videotape, you get a phone call, it's it, and it's a voice on the thing going, seven days. And then in seven days you die from this girl comes out the TV yeah. and kills you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So the, and on the video itself is like this art. Art house film, black and white, cuts between these random images. They're all quite disturbing and weird. The sound effects are like screechy. It's kind of cool. It's called the, it's called yeah. the cursed video, and I really like that. Um, and so their uh, advertising was the a month before the film, they just played the cursed video on TV with no explanation. There was no saying <laughs> the ring. There was no nothing. So four weeks before the ad said the ring at the bottom coming soon in theaters. Like I've just this. Fucked up video playing, which I love. And then when it came out, um, it was like, uh, what is it? It's a, until Stephen King's It recently yeah. um, remake. It was the highest grossing horror remake in history, with like a gross million of tw- two, uh, a gross of like two hundred forty nine US million dollars. That's so wow. much for a horror that film. That is that is a lot. Then. When the DVD came out, there was a bit on the DVD, like, is in the menu that said, um, what did it say? It said, uh, it said, like, look here or something, or, um, what did it say? It said, it was, you could go over to it in the menu that said, watch this or something. And it didn't do anything unless, yeah. um, so I said, look here. And you sure. had you had to press, unless you press down on your, con- your, your controller, which made your cursor disappear. And then you press yeah. enter on the control on the remote, and then that disabled your controller, so you didn't work at all. Um, and then the video started playing the cursed video, just the cursed video, and you couldn't stop it. You couldn't pause it. You couldn't fast forward it, and you couldn't return to the menu. The only way you could stop it was to turn your TV off. That is glorious. <laughs> and you were forced to watch it the whole thing. And when it was over, the DVD it returns to the DVD menu. It gives you control back, and then after a while, the f- a phone rings on the on the DVD menu, as if it's <laughs> calling you. And I'm yeah. like, "That's sick! I love stuff like that." Like that is glo- that's so that's next level. I love marketing, and I love marketing campaigns for films. And I think stuff like that, stuff like the Blair Witch Project, that's just what makes a film next level. Yeah. And that's why it probably and that and so it sold in the first twenty four hours. It sold two million DVD copies. Holy shit! That's a lot of DVD copies in twenty four hours of it wow. being released. So this is like the heyday of DVD. This this yes. is a horror film, uh, and this yeah. is like, so we've just talked about it, like for all this time. We haven't even talked about the film yet. Like we just talked about the marketing, yeah. our experiences. This to me is one that I don't think there is anyone out there who doesn't know what this film is, which is pretty crazy to think about. Like maybe kids these days, but there's still films being made. Like Rings came out a couple of years yes. ago where it was shit. Yeah, like, it was terrible. But um, um, this is yeah. this is maybe it, the first, like if you say to someone like, oh, you watch The Cursed, you know, you know, they know the concept, you know the idea. It's up there with like Nightmare on Elm Street and Jason and Freddy. Like you know about the Ring video, you know about the girl in the well or – the tape or at least a part of it, you die in seven days after watching it. It's such a good, yeah. solid idea. 
And yes, you know this idea. You you know this concept, even if you've never seen this film. So, like, Liz watched this film with me because she had never seen this before. Liz is my partner, by the way. Um, she She's like, oh, I've never seen it. But she told me exactly what she knew about it, and I'm like, well, that's the film. You know I, exactly. It's weird, though. I'd actually forgotten that you could get out of it, and it's really easy. Yeah. But, but like, they didn't know that. Like that's I know it's, that, it's like the, the chain mail emails that you get off. You don't respond if you don't like share this to ten other people. You're gonna have bad luck. You I know? wonder you if know? the ring started that kind of vibe, that idea of like the possibly. Yeah. Did you find the opening of this film had a real scream vibe to it with the two girls? I loved it. I was just like, I don't remember this starting, but then I remember it obviously. But um, <laughs> yeah, and. And there's so many bits in the film that kind of like it has a great like it has the best fake ending ever. You know what I mean? Like, it's like it's an actual ending, ending, and you feel like they've done it. You feel like that was the whole goal of the film, and it just wasn't. It, no. <laughs> it like no. it it wasn't your goal. Like that wasn't the goal. And the best thing is that the whole film she is never in any danger. No. Like no. That's the thing. You don't realize that at any point, like in your mind, you're like, fuck, she's screwed. She's not done it. She's like, all this stuff's happening. Holy crap. Like, oh my God, she's not going to make it. Oh, she's in the well. Oh shit. Well, well the, that's the end of her. And the only reason, yep. yeah, she's getting tormented is because she is investigating it. Like I think. Yeah. Like, cause the other people, cause I thought a bit weird though, at the start where, you know, the other girl had watched it and she hadn't been tormented. Do you know what I mean? No. And I thought, is they that just- They've watched it. Yeah, but, yeah, they didn't get tormented. Why? Like, she wasn't, you know, at the end of her tether with all this weird shit happening to her. And then you realise that the other people that had watched it in the film, they weren't really getting tormented either, like the mm. the kid or the boyfriend. The boyfriend was a little bit, but that's because he was investigating it a little bit. Well, the kid the kid was a little bit. So he had the, the scar on his arm as well, and he was sort of saying about, have you found the girl? Is she still in the dark place? And she's like, oh, yeah, well, we, we saved her. And he's like... Why did you do what that? What the hell? Why? Can we also talk about how creepy that kid is? He was there? great. He was like Damien Omen. <laughs> he did. He should have been. He was like if a Macaulay Culkin had an Omen child. Yeah, he was wicked. Um, I liked that he yeah. was like kind of like one of those kids that, uh, you know, not every kid is just a normal kid. Like I wasn't a normal he kid He was like up. a 40-year-old like man, like he's, but there are heaps of kids like that. Lunch and, yes, one of my oh, yeah. one of my friends' um, kids was very much like him. He yeah. speaks for some reason um, very elegantly in a kind of an yeah. English accent. There's no reason either. He huh. spoke. He would uh, he would uh, correct all your grammar. He would not oh. allow you to swear. He would. Um, oh. He was very much like this kid. Turns okay. out in the end he did have autism, but well, yeah. Um, but yeah, and that's fine. Like. But it's just, yeah, there are kids like that. And I was fine with that because it wasn't, it wasn't overdone. He was just no, and I, a kid I who's had to fend for himself because his mother wasn't the best mum. Is, is a bit shit. Um, well, I, I think that having a kid like that sort of, you know, he seems like he, I mean, he's got the, the dark circles under his eyes. He kind of looks like he's in tune with the dark, dark forces. Um, I think yeah. having him there like that is better than having some you know, child of six who's screaming and carrying on because there's some girl in her under her bed. Like this, I think, worked better for the film. Yeah, it did definitely push the film on. And the other thing I really like, apart from the crew kid, is every scene in this film has something interesting happening in it. Did you notice that? Like there's yeah. everything you're like, something new happens. Like the bit where she coughs up the string 
at that all. That was so well done and yeah, disgusting. Just pulling it, it out. So well done. And no, like, no. like the horse on the ferry, like, or going to see the the dad, or got the met, or going to see the girl. The you know, you're like, just every scene was interesting. I was like, ooh, yes. ooh. and did, maybe not every scene had a bit of horror in it, but it always ended up like the bit where she pulls the fly out of the video and stuff well, like that, that. Cool. and just stuff like that. And I was just like, cool. And I can see why I love this film <laughs> as a kid. Like even as an adult now rewatching it, I was like, I mean, some of the C. I thought this film had a lot more CG in it than it did. But I think it, mm. I, the only thing that was really CG was the horse kind of falling off the boat. Yes, um, that think, was distressing as well. I find it a bit forgivable though. I was like, no, that, that's okay. Um, and, yeah. and Samara coming out at the end of the TV, but she's supposed to look like a TV. Like she's in black and white, yeah. she's glitching. So that's fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that, that scene is now just famous. Like... All I've heard all week is like, oh, I'm going to watch The Ring. It's like, oh, like in scary movies. It's like, Cindy, the TV's leaking. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't remember that. I don't like that film. I don't remember it. Stop saying it. <laughs> yeah, the whole, like, the water, the well. Oh, like, yeah. Just um, apparently. It is, it's, oh. it's big budget art house is what it is. It is a big budget sort of art house horror film. And I think um, I, I might be, I might be, you know, people might not agree with this, but I think it's one of those films that's better than the original. The remake's better than the original. That's fair. Um, I'll, I'll allow it. I yeah. think a lot of people will allow it. Yeah. Um, very, very good um, mm. film. I, I, I can't get into it enough. And, <laughs> I, I, oh, man, like, there's so many scenes. Like, there's, there's every part of this film is worth a, a beautiful watch. Um, I rated it A for awesome everyone should watch. What did you Yes. Watch? I gave it a C. It's a classic, a classic that's worth a watch. But I mean that that goes between A for awesome and C for classic because, yeah, it is. I hadn't seen it in a while, and it was really good to revisit it. Yeah. Um. Like, there's so much that I didn't. Every time I watch it, I'm like, oh yeah, there's like a majority of this film that happens on an island, and yeah. I never remember that. Yeah. Because you always remember those, like, you remember the kid watching the video and her, like, freaking out. And then you remember Samara coming out of the TV. Like, at some point, I didn't even rem- remember that they had gone to a cabin. And then I saw the cabin and I'm like, oh, you, that's, that's how you get fucked. That's how you get possessed. You've yeah. You've gone yeah. to that cabin. That is a, that is a cabin In a designed woods. <laughs> for possession. Yeah. So, uh, and the film itself is very wet. Have you noticed? Every scene was raining. Um, it, it was everything. very wet. Film, it was very blue. But it was very blue. Yes. Yeah, very blue. Uh, I think they did that on purpose. It's just to feel cold the whole time. Like, there's nothing warm about this film no. apart from the burning tree, which. That's right. And I think uh, I'm not. So the word Samara is like, I think it's Japanese for like burning tree or something like that, or burning okay. fruit or something. Like they, you know, they took it as in like. Uh, it's not that. I don't know what it is. Someone can uh, correct me, but um, I'm just remembering this off the top of my head, some of the stuff. This is not my notes. Yeah. Um, that's fair. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So this is definitely worth revisiting. If you haven't seen it for a while, like, just get on it. Go give it a watch. It's like $9 to buy. It's also streaming on Stan, so you just check it out on Stan. Yeah, check it um, out. Yeah. That's what I did. Um, yeah, same. Yeah, and yeah, I was surprised of how much I re-enjoyed this film. I thought I was going to be like, oh, it's dated. Oh, no, it's stupid. But no, it's still... <laughs> you did say it's, that, yeah. Yeah, it, it holds up as good as any horror film now. Like, I, I I, always compare modern horror films to, like, Relic for some re- reason. Like, we watched the other day. 
Like that's the best yeah. like we've got to offer kind of like in the lower budget or whatever. But well, someone had said the other day that it felt like Relic. It felt like they were watching Relic. I'm like, okay, it's a completely different concept, but yeah, sure. If All that's right. how you feel, I'm okay with it. Let's move on to straight on to horror news. <laughs> yes, each week me and Jen take you through the horror news you need to know about. Welcome to horror news. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting better. I love it. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know I'm getting better. <laughs> you like secretly like, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay, and you're practicing in the mirror at night? Oh, every night. Every night. I love it. Ooh, three, um, three stories this week. What do we got? Three stories, but let's start out with Screamwatch 2020 because oh. a lot of fucking shit has happened. Yay, Screamwatch 2020. I, um, there was an article that had popped up and four people tagged me in it as well. Um, it turns out that David Arquette is responsible for the terrible haircut Courtney Cox had in Scream 3. And I just love that so many people think of me when they think of that. So that's really nice. What did she um, have in Scream 3? Oh, she's got really bad, like, it's like a child who cuts their fringe. <laughs> did he do it? it? I don't think he did it, but he's responsible for it, so. Okay. Yes. But, um, so, for those of you who are Screamwatch 2020, they have just recently signed on Jenna Ortega, um, who was just recently in the U season two. Uh, the U2. U2. Um, so she's just signed on as well as Melissa Barrera. Now, I don't know who these people are because I am old and I don't know who all these young actors and actresses are. You're not 11. I am not 11. Um, she's so, a, all- so Jenna's a Disney kid. Sure. I think. Uh, One of them's a Disney kid. Yeah, she's just in a bunch of Disney things. Um, Disney's. Uh, she was in Disney Stuck in the Middle from 2016 to 18. So, yeah, she's she's definitely, she was in, like, Richie Rich, stuff like that. Um, okay. So, yeah, she, there's a re- that's the reason why you don't know who she is because, like, right. you know, she's, she's not for us. Yeah. Um, no. And yeah. the other girl... Um, is uh, Melissa Barella? She, she's just a, a she's just an actress. Yes, <laughs> she's done a okay. whole bunch of like serious, um, a Mexican actress and singer. Okay, I'm okay with that. Been in a um, bunch so of Mexican they, films. They have both signed on for Scream Five, so that means that we have Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Jenna Ortega, Melissa Barrera, and no Nev Campbell. Neve, what is going on, <laughs> Neve? Um, yeah, that is disturbing because I I think unless this Jenna or or Tenga is the the Neve kind of replacement. I'm not okay with it. Bring her back. Where is she? I think they're teasing us. I think they're making us wait and they'll be like, oh, surprise. She'll be the last announcement. Like that is she a will. that is a good like marketing ploy. Like, cause like for, she's probably has signed on, and it's like they have to stay hush hush about it. I'm yeah. hoping that's. I reckon. Um, I mean, they as I said, they just made um was it ready ready or not? Is that what it was called? Ready or not? Yes. These director people, so they know what they're doing. We can we know they that do. they have proved it. So I feel that they're just like you know what, let's get Neve Campbell on it, but just 
let's just let's just dangle that carrot in front of people to the last second. Let's just it's yeah. Keep it I think quiet. that's what's happening. Um, they've also just recently rumored Selena Gomez, who is also an actress. Um, <laughs> she, she does things. Yeah, she, um, isn't she like she's like the voice of um, Hotel Transylvania? Is that her? I don't know. That she sounds like another person that I should like. I know the name, but I don't know the person. Like she's in things. I don't know. Let me have a look. Yeah, who is she? So, Selena Gomez. Yeah, yeah. She's the voice of the main vampire girl in Holly, uh, Hotel Transylvania. And she even looks like the character she's based on. She is, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, she also might be a Disney kid. Mm, she was in Spring Breakers. I see. She was in okay. The Dead Don't Die. She was. There you go. That's how I know her. But, um, yes, she is rumoured. I think there might be some talks or something's happening. Um, but there you go. She is rumored to be in it. And Samara Weaving, who we all know and love, she will be in the upcoming um, Bill and Ted movie. She was in Ready or Not. <laughs> Basically, any film that was really freaking cool in the last like year or two, she has been in it. Yeah. She we don't know if not- Bill and Ted's going to be cool. We don't. Because it's not allowed to be cool. Bill and Ted has to be stupid for it to be good, in my opinion. Yes. Because the other fair. two were stupid as fuck. <laughs> but I love I, them. I- they do look stupid, so yeah. Um, Samara Weaving has a lot of scheduling conflicts, so she will not be in Scream 5. So I think they've had a chat with her, and they just can't work it out. Which then leads me to state, fucking work it out, because Samara Weaving should be in everything. Yeah. Figure it sh- out. She should be. She's, she was great. She was. She's great in everything. She like the babysitter is another great film. That's a Netflix original. She was really, really good in that. Netflix uh, LG. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. Uh Screenwatch 2020. It's a nice little update. We've got some more cast members. We've got some rumors. We've got some disappointment. We've got some speculation. It's uh it's all happening over at Screenwatch 2020. Yeah, well that that's it. That's all yeah. a screenwatch needs really. That's a bit probably the best screenwatch we've ever had. Scream? It's true. Scream. Scream. And what? I really just, I want to make T-shirts, Screamwatch 2020. That wouldn't be hard. What's your next story? Okay. So it looks like um, The Exorcist, Morgan Creek, has reportedly in development uh, for a new reboot. Oh, dear. Uh, for The Exorcist. And I did post this on the Facebook the other day. And we had an overwhelming response of, fuck no, God no, this is not going to happen, leave it alone. And I think there is now an online petition to stop this from happening. Really? That's weird. Um, but the, the weird thing about The Exorcist is, right, if you watch it now, it still feels really modern. It doesn't, like, yes. the, and do you know what it is? It's the swearing. The swearing mm-hmm. in that film is, like, 20 years, like, before its time. Oh, like, definitely. Like, the shit she says in that film is just like, oh, my God. Like, like, yeah. you, you know, I don't even know if yeah. we should say it. Oh, we all, well, I've been swearing the whole way through this film. So. Yeah, but, like, it's it's, but it, it, the concepts of, like, they use the C word. I don't like using yeah. the C word. Like, you know, your mother sucks cocks in hell. Like, shit like that. You know, it's, like. Yeah, it's it's pretty brutal. I, I feel that there are so many like, I am not opposed to remakes, but I do feel that there are certain films that should not be touched. Like, they are off limits. 
No go. Like when they remade The Shining. <laughs> yeah. Um, I which is on my list of things to watch. So we might end up doing an episode on that at some point. Yeah, nice. Maybe. Um, we'll, see. well, the thing is with The Exorcist, right, is it's full on, right? And mm. reboots or remake uh, always want to up up the original. But to yes. tell you the truth, I don't want any more that was in that film. You know what I mean? Like, no. I don't the, think they, I don't want to see more of them have to try and outdo that because it'll just get to the point of bloody being possessor. <laughs> that film, it'll just be yeah. like, oh fuck, no. Nah. It's going to be a lot of violence and yuck for the sake of being violent and yuck, and that there is going to be absolutely nothing fun or endearing about that film, and just don't. Like how yeah. how do you outdo a scene that's got how old is she supposed to be in it? Like twelve, thirteen? Yeah, it's like twelve or thirteen. You got a twelve or thirteen year old girl stabbing her groin, raping herself with a, a crucifix, yelling out "fuck me, Jesus." <laughs> yeah, the, like, you, to me, that's the most shocking scene. Like one scene I've nearly seen in any film, and it's still like, t- like I don't think they're going to be able to get away with like we are. How did they get away I mean, with that the first time? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it's it's really strange because we are in this time where we are very easily offended by pretty much everything, and I do not foresee any kind of conservative party letting this film happen. It's true. You know, it's 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 you know, weird the, that we're like our main argument or my main argument is I don't want to see it because it'll be too gross and <laughs> like you can't out, <laughs> you can't outgross that first film. So what's the point? Yeah, I mean, I I feel that it's a classic, and you just there are some classics that you just don't mess with. I've only seen the first one. I've never seen two or three. Uh, or the beginning. Three, I haven't three seen. Three has a really good like death scene. Um, yeah, no, nah, I think you could just go on living your life not seeing them. Cool, cool, cool. Like munchies, the rest of them. Like like uh, munchies. No, I mean ghoulies. Sorry, like the rest of ghoulies. I don't need to see. <laughs> no, no. Uh, probably for the best. So I, I don't know. There's there's not a lot to report on this. Like it's it's in talks. They want to remake it. People are not happy about it. Uh, I'm not happy about it. But if they're gonna make it, they're gonna make it. I'll watch it, and then I can have something to either rant about or be like, you know what? Like I'm not gonna would- gatekeep this film. I don't care if they remake it. You know what I mean? Because it'll either be two things. It'll like be not very good and just be forgotten. Or mm. they might, you know, they they might bring something new to the idea. They might go in a different direction that's really interesting. Yeah, um, I can't think of how you would do it that hasn't kind of been done with all other exorcism movies already. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 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 there's so many exorcism films, you know, and there's those yeah. Rose ones. What's that one called? Oh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Yeah, I've never. Really... Are they good? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I've only seen the first one. I think there's. There's all these other films. Um, I was, I was, you know, doing a little. I had a shower thought the other day, and I was like pitching it to my girlfriend, and then I'm like, "Oh man, I don't like. You know, I don't think there's ever been a film like made like this." And then I was like googling it, and you, sure enough, so there, there is a film for everything. Like, you know, I'm like, wouldn't it be really interesting to do one where they think they're being possessed, but it's just like dementia, and then there is a film exactly like that. Mm. So, you know. Cool. 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 Well, we'll keep yep. an eye on this. Um, obviously, we're going to watch it because that's just what we do. Of course. And yes. I don't like to hate on things before. I I, the, I feel the hating on something before it's created is a really bad vibe. 
Um, it is. And but also- I like to hate on things for, uh, and then I just get over it. I'm like, mm, I don't think so. But if it happens, it happens. Yeah, I'm also more of a, I, I only really hate on something when something gives me a reason to not like it. Like, you That's know. Fair. I'm not going to think that go, you know, the new like the people that saw the Ghostbusters new trailer think it's oh it's gonna be shit because it's not what I want. It's ruining my childhood. Like fuck off, idiot. Shut just, up. Yeah, just, Shut up. Just watch the film and then say, uh, and then if you don't like it, just go. I didn't like it, and then just don't say anything ever again. Just don't don't pour any money like, into that franchise. Then it's true. But how many of those people do you think are going to be like, mm, no, nah, it's shit. I don't want to see it. It's bullshit. It's going to ruin my childhood. Go watch it. Go fuck. That was really good. But don't Not, want to admit it. Yeah, so yeah. They They're going to have to like, eat their hat. I love that stuff. <laughs> that's, that's why <laughs> no whenever, you go, that. whenever you go to the cinema, it's always good to take a hat that's made out of Doritos or nachos. That's, that's <laughs> just true. In case you have to, just in case you have to eat it. Like it's Homer. true. I mean, look, I, I was... You know, when they were in the process of making uh, the new It remake and they released the first pictures of Pennywise, and I was like, nah, fuck that. Oh, nah. Did you have to hard hat eat? <laughs> oh, I hard hat, and I did it like, I was like, I will happily eat this hat as well as all of these ones because it was amazing. Yeah, I really like that that, that film. That, so, and that, there was so much effort put into that film. It was almost like the DVD extras when you went to the cinema. When I went to the cinema, like... They had like uh, all the balloons in the aisles, the red balloons, mm-hmm. and then the people that um, were in the, uh, standing in the cinema were all dressed in the raincoats with the hood yep. and just shit like that. And like, uh, oh, this was, I did go for gold class though. And then yeah. um, when the people bought you food, they were all dressed as clowns and shit. It was just wicked. It just so made good. it so much better. And then I yep. felt sick because I ate too many chicken wings. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Which is my but MO. No, you know, I'm I'm more than happy to express my opinion because that's what we are do as a society, express a lot of opinions. Um, but I'm also happy to sit there and be like, well, you know what? I was wrong. Yeah, I don't mind being wrong. Being wrong yeah. is the best thing in that's the world, especially if you're it's angry. True. Yeah. <laughs> oh, third story. Do it. Uh, all right. So. Um, we we missed the the John Carpenter masterclass because I feel I think that we're in I'm like a month ahead or a month behind I don't know so we've missed it don't panic it's available on YouTube we will post it to the page so that everybody can watch it. Um, so John Carpenter has teased a new project that's currently in the works uh, with Blumhouse. Oh, Blummies! It's uh, got something to do with the thing. So I love the thing. I'm just going to put it out there. That first film is nearly a perfect film. I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, Um, I think it is that. Don't mm -hmm. crucify me. Um, I I know this is a real bad. I say I've I've gone through this before. You know how much I don't like kissing and loving films. Yes. (laughs) There are no women in this film. It's just a bunch of men. Who don't? <laughs> They're well, all manly men. Manly too. men who don't trust each other, living in the snow. They've all got. They're all bearded. They're nearly all bearded. Um, mm. and they're just. I don't know. It just worked like on a level of a film I've never seen before. I remember when it came out. I was quite young. I think it was around like year five or something like that. Five, six mm-hmm. or something. I can't remember. Um, mm-hmm. My friends had all seen it. I didn't get to see it. It was on television. It finally came on. At, I think it was year seven, actually. Anyhow, um, 
there, there was talk of a dog going inside out, and I was like, what is this film? I, I need to see this. And eventually I did see it, and I was like, shit, this is like practical effects up the wazoo. This is like, you know, I think the kid, it was like a teenager that did all the effects on this film. He was like a gun. No, he wasn't a teenager. He was like a 20-something. He yeah. came in and he fucking just had all these ideas, all these, like, you know, life hacks on how to do all this shit. Like, you know, we need tentacles coming out of here. Oh, let's just run air through tubes so they just fly yeah. around everywhere. And it's just like, it looks sickening. You know, like, yeah. and like, yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, I could go on about the thing forever. I just think, yeah, maybe we should watch it one day. I might make us watch it one day. I watched it recently, the the, re, the redo or whatever it is, like the, the thing too. It's, it's definitely, I still haven't seen it. It's okay. Yeah. It does, it ref, it, you know, it references, it's set like straight after the first one. So, you know, yeah. the dog or, no, it's a prequel. Right. It's a prequel. So you see, you know when they go, can you remember the first one very well? Oh, yeah, I watched it recently. Oh, you know when they go to the Norwegian's base and it's all burnt out and they, you see, like, certain, thi- like, you know, the, the big ice cube with the, the, the thing cut out of it and all crap like that. That mm-hmm. is all in there. It's all, like, getting to that. So they remake that whole base in the film, you know. It all makes sense. It, it's all great. It's just the scenes themselves are over-CG'd um, yeah. and just some of them don't make it. Like, you, know, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, nah. Nah, yeah, you know it. It, it can't exist. It, this film can't exist, kind of on its own. It, it's it, it's 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 relying on the first film so too much. If if that's okay. a thing, even though it is a sequel, which all sequels do, is rely on the first film. But um, well, they bring a lady into it, and I know like, I'm do. not trying to be sexist or anything like that, but like, <laughs> um, I suppose I am just being 100 percent sexist, which I try not that's to fine. be, but like, um. I know it just it, it just had a different feeling. It was like it felt like mimic. Do you remember mimic? Oh, I remember mimic. Yeah, it, it had that vibe of being mimic more than being okay. a thing film. Do you know when it's like an on the bunch of people they've all got a role to play within the film story where the thing yeah. was just a bunch of dudes together and this thing was happening. They didn't all need to be there. They didn't all yeah. bring anything to the table. You know, one wasn't a scientist. One wasn't an expert in weapons. One wasn't, you know what I mean? Like they were just yeah. a bunch of dudes. <laughs> one had a computer that was black and <laughs> worked out equations or some shit. Anyhow. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so. Whew. Yeah. <sighs> well, there you go. So you what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> No, that's fine. Um, I mean, so there is um, earlier in the year it was announced that a film adaptation of Frozen Hell was in the works, um, which was an expanded version of a novella called Who Goes There. Well, that Um, was what the thing was based on. Which, yeah. Yeah. Um, So that was uh, an announcement, but... John Carpenter stated in this uh, masterclass the other day, he's like, I think he's going to be working on The Thing. Rebooting The Thing, I may be involved with that, maybe, down the road. So we've got some teasing. I I think, I mean, this isn't the first rodeo uh, Jason Blum and John Carpenter have have done. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they sort of collaborated with the Halloween reboot, which was great. Yeah, I loved it. Looking forward to the next one. Um, Blumhouse are really good. I think they've got a lot of hits. Uh, they've got some misses. It depends on how much time and money that they're putting into 
said film. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon people come to them. You know, can you support my film? And they they probably pitch them the film, and the film that sounds really good on paper, and then a lot of them just mm-hmm. kind of just don't turn out like as good yeah. as they could have. And it's not because Blum, it's fine. not Blum, Blum or Blum's fault. It's just you know, certain directors, no. certain editors, certain filming things might have not come together. And um, but I reckon every film starts off with a hundred percent. Of them going, this could be great. You know what I mean? Like they don't go, oh, this is we'll just make a shit one. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's every film. It's like you. This is the film that we set out to make, and this is the film that we've got. It's one of two things. Yeah. But hey, um. So yeah, I like. I'm pretty pretty excited for whatever he's got working and cooking and anything. I still want to track down the documentary he did about synthwave. Um. I think he. Oh, that'd be good, wouldn't it? He loves his synthwave. Yeah. He he does. He's really good at it too. Um, so yeah, that'll be very interesting, and we'll we'll see how that plans out over the next few months or years or whatever it may be. They're working on a bunch of other stuff at the moment. So at, yeah, at the moment it's pretty loose. On there's not much. To, oh, yeah. to know about. Yeah. there is um in this uh, the bloody disgusting um uh, article that uh, mm. we're talking about here. There is a link to the Fantasia 2020 John Carpenter Masterclass thing in there we might we should share that on um i will definitely yeah, yeah i'll put and, that up on and they talk about it 20 uh this this thing that we're talking about now the thing thing is uh 27 minutes in they they mention it so you can uh, yeah. check that out yeah yeah i'm just definitely keen to watch this because uh john carpenter is just he's just a crotchety old man now and i and he's lent into that real good like yeah, i love he, it he's, he's just like, like i don't fucking care you don't like it i don't fucking care yeah you don't like my film Fuck you. <laughs> Get off my grass. I'm just going to go make some bloody synth wave. <laughs> I'm going to go press yeah. one key just over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does it well, so. Yeah, he does. You know, He's good, good, it's good. It's all good. All right, so that's the end of news. Is it? What is your future homeworks that you're going to set me, oh, Jennifer? Okay. So I put a little bit of thought into this. Uh, we a, are just going, a little bit or a just lot? A, just a little bit. Uh, we're going to watch a selection of films from the 90s. Nice, nice. Um, You're starting off well. Nice, yes, yes. Uh, so we are going to be watching Leprechaun. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Where's me gold? Uh, uh, we will also be watching, um, Wishmaster. Oh, I haven't seen that. Neither have I. I haven't seen Leprechaun since I was a kid as well. So yeah, I haven't seen nice... it since I was a teen. So Yeah, this will be a nice little rewatch. And uh, to just that little cherry on the, the cake, we're going to watch Texas Chainsaw Ma- Massacre, The New Beginning, which stars. Is... Wait, is that the second one? Actually, no. is it The New Beginning or The Next Generation? Uh, I think it's The Next Generation. So it's got uh, Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey. Oh, really? Yes. Sorry. Yes. And the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation. Oh, Next Generation. Next Generation. It's like Degrassi. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, I've not seen this one before, but it is always talked about. So, yes. I feel that these are a selection of films that, uh, yes, we shall see. Oh, I just wrote it down into my. I said to write them down, otherwise I'll forget them. Oh, that's. That's written fair. Wishmaster, Texas Chancellor Generation, spelt wrong, and then Lepo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, mate, all Lepo. Right. 
All right, you can uh, yeah. you can play us out. Oh, yes. Uh, so you have been listening to Terrorvision Horror Podcast with Dan and Jennifer. Uh, our podcast is on all streaming services. Please star rate, leave a comment, follow us, anything that you can do to help us uh, branch out just that little bit extra. Tell your mum, tell your sister, your brother, I don't know, co-workers. Uh, we are also, so we are on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, YouTube, follow, thumbs up, all the things. All we the comments. Have. Leave us all a comment. Leave us a comment yeah. telling us what, we, we do our three films, tell us what your favourite film was hmm. out of the three. Yeah, like we have Facebook and you guys are really great on Facebook. There's a lot of interaction, which is fantastic. Uh, we do have an Instagram, so if you want to go follow us over there, it's at TerrorVisionPod. Um, you can tag us and stuff. I like I like horror memes. I don't know why. Send me your horror memes. Um, you can email us at TerrorVisionPod at gmail.com. Let us know uh, if you want us to watch something specific, if you want to discuss something, if you want to tell us we're shit, just send us a message. So. Thank you very much. Dan, do you have anything to plug? Yeah, so um, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today with me talking, um, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, go over to Hack the Dino uh, Gaming, which is a YouTube channel which I am part of um, with Braden Dixon, Floppy Starrick, and Ben Rosenthal. We, it is a pure video game uh, YouTube channel. So go over there, check it out. We do, you know, we talk about games. It's a video, a video games and news uh, show which is done live every second Friday, and then uh, through that week it is uh, reposted up. And so it's live on Twitch and then reposted up onto YouTube uh, through the week. So go over there, check it out, do a follow, do whatever. And with that, you know, that's the end of our show. And until yeah. next week, may all your dreams be nightmares. Oh.